0: This is our league, and this is your league. From the fifty-five yard line on CFL America Radio and the Sports History Network.
1: Stand by, fifteen seconds to air. Stand by, all cameras and video tape. Ready with your opening graphics.
2: Stand by, Howard. Here we come, Frank. Ready, Don. Stand by, audio, your opening music, and roll tape. Take tape. Thank you.
3: Notre Dame became world famous because of football.
1: Touchdown, Notre Dame!
4: Notre Dame was the first national team.
5: Today, today, we're gonna win. Notre Dame brings a love-hate relationship because Notre Dame is the most divisive team in the country.
6: When you got all those Heisman trophies... It's the dream of every college football player in the country. And when you have all those national championships, you get got
3: something you can stick out your chest about.
1: Don't forget, it's just a game of football. And it's up to you fellas to get back in there and pass your semester examination.
3: What does Notre Dame want to be? Academic standards above reproach or win football championships? Because the two things don't always
7: mesh. Well, when I arrived on campus, my objective was to try to turn it around if I possibly could.
8: It's the self-pressure you feel. If there's any way in this world to win the national championship, we're going to do it
2: a lot of people caught up with notre dame in the modern age and so notre dame's outsized representation
6: in the sport isn't really as strong anymore and i don't think it's any coincidence that they haven't
9: been in a game of the century in 25 years
5: but there's no question in my mind that college football is better when notre dame is better
1: right now. Wow. American game. And in 1933, as in so many other seasons, Babe Ruth was the Sultan slot.
6: When it comes to greatness, the Yankees are probably that symbol of success that everyone looks to in sports.
1: Mickey did it again.
6: Now, some people might not want to look to them as that symbol of success, but it's the truth. There's Ruth, there's Mantle, DiMaggio. And one thing about the Yankees is... There's a clear dividing line.
1: You love them or you hate them. The American League leaders kept a tight grip on their World Series crown by subduing the Brooklyn Dodgers four games to three. It was their fourth straight world championship under the managerial genius of Casey Stengel.
6: It's the same with Notre Dame when it comes to success. You have these legendary coaches, these icons, Rockne, Leahy, Parsegan. You have MVPs on the Yankees. You have Heisman Trophy winners at Notre Dame.
1: All-American Johnny Latner, winner of this year's Heisman Award.
6: You have Derek Jeter with the Yankees. You've got Joe Montana for the Fighting Irish. It's the same.
1: It's a beautiful day out at South
0: Bend. Perhaps no place in the world is more famous for fine football than is the University of Notre Dame. For here at the University of Notre Dame, on the campus of South Bend, have come some of the football immortals that have made history in this great American game.
3: You have to understand the history of Notre Dame itself to understand how the football dynasty came about. Notre Dame was a small Catholic Midwest school without a high profile.
4: And these Notre Dame players were working class immigrant boys who, you know, who were also Catholic at a time when the country was really anti-immigrant and (laughs) anti-Catholic. there was a really strong Ku Klux Klan presence in the state of Indiana.
2: The KKK was marching down Main Street of South Bend, Indiana, against not blacks or Jews, but against Catholics, Irish Catholics.
4: And football players at Notre Dame could not be unaware of their outsider status. At the same time, Congress passed anti-immigration legislation that radically reduced the number of immigrants that came from Southern and Eastern European countries. Notre Dame developed a kind of fortress mentality. Notre Dame was this beacon for Catholics all over the country.
1: On November 1st, a handful of spectators gather at West Point to see an unbeaten army team slaughter a ragamuffin squad from Notre Dame.
3: In 1913, when Newt Rockne is a player, Notre Dame comes to New York, and they shock Army using a radical tactic called the forward pass.
1: Time and again, the play stuns the Army team, and the underdog fighting Irish score at will. And Notre
3: Dame is on the map. Rockne went from being a player almost directly into being a coach that built the dynasty.
0: He brought speed and deception to the game and developed the forward pass into
3: a deadly weapon. He was a genius in many areas.
0: Newt Rockne made Notre Dame's football teams the most famous and most feared in the country.
3: It's no exaggeration to say that he was decades ahead of his time.
1: I want that shift to be slowed down, so there's no question about what we're stopping one and two 10 seconds. Our shift is all laterally. It's no matter of getting the blocking angle on the defensive player, getting them out of position. It's smart football.
6: In its history, Notre Dame wanted to be part of the Big Ten, but the Big Ten didn't want Notre Dame.
1: Let's work
2: hard, and then when we're playing, have a lot of fun out of it. I want you to play football because you like it. This is a regional game at that time, only a regional game at that time. You are in South Bend, Indiana. Chicago's right there, Northwestern's right there, Purdue, all your rivals are right there. This just makes so much sense.
6: The Big Ten spurned Notre Dame, you know, and part of it is a rivalry with Fielding Yost in Michigan.
9: Yost had a feud with Rockne that went decades. It had to do with recruiting practices. Yost was anti-Catholic. That made Rockne mad, and that feud was off to the races.
2: Another guy would have followed the tent. What does he do? He plays in New York, Boston, Chicago. Who's there? Irish immigrants, Catholic immigrants. What else is in New York? All national media. And you don't play Army at West Point. You play them in New York City.
1: Army is their toughest opponent and their traditional rival. And an overflow crowd of 60,000 jams the stadium.
6: If you were a Catholic immigrant in New York City, were you gonna identify with the Big Ten schools? Not really, no. You were gonna identify with this place that had this golden dome and that espoused Catholicism and played some pretty darn good football.
1: Elder intercepts an army pass near his own goal and runs 90 yards to a touchdown.
6: Because of discrimination against Roman Catholics in the history of our country, Notre Dame's success as a football program was something that a lot of kids at Sunday Mass be really proud of when they all gather to say did you see what the irish did yesterday
4: the
1: irish intercept right back and
4: score a td in the 1930s when schools began signing deals with the radio broadcasting companies to get compensated for their radio broadcasts notre dame insisted on continuing to charge no rights this was because they wanted to reach out to their huge constituency around the country notre dame had these as they would
10: call them, Subway alumni, all over the country. People who might never see a game at Notre Dame Stadium, but they love the Fighting Irish, primarily because they had learned about it uh, by listening to the radio.
2: There he goes for a touchdown! Two in
1: a row for Savoldi!
6: And they are just as loyal as the alums are to the university, and it's passed on through generations. There's even a Notre Dame club of Staten Island that won Alumni Club of the Year recently by the university, there's not one graduate from the University of Notre Dame in that club.
11: That Subway alumni is the most unique thing that I've ever seen. Now that's one thing I can say that I have not seen with any other college. Basically, if you're born Catholic, you're almost a Subway alumni.
8: And they're very, very difficult to please. We went 10 and 1. Everybody called me an idiot. The guy finishes last in medical school, they call him doctor. The Subway alumni expect you to be absolutely perfect, never lose a game. Subway alums are never going to be satisfied no matter what you do. And you understand that.
4: New York had really embraced Notre Dame in some ways as a kind of home team, particularly Catholic immigrant New York. The Subway alumni that were crazy about Notre Dame when they come out to play Army in Yankee Stadium every year.
11: Ruth and Lou Gehrig
6: met Notre Dame's famous coach, Newt Rockne, to learn football. So what's interesting is Notre Dame begins to win national championships at the same time that the New York Yankees start winning World Series. We're talking 23 and 24 and then they go on to win a series of championships all the way to 1930 so if you're anywhere in the country reading in a sports page listening on the radio or talking about sports you're going to be talking about the
1: guys in pinstripes and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Rockne's style worked during the 12 years of his reign Notre Dame piled up a record of 105 wins only 12 losses and 5 ties totals unsurpassed in the history of college
6: football. And you understand now why Notre Dame has such great national prominence alongside a team like the New York Yankees.
0: And here's a play that covers 40 yards for Notre Dame, which puts this one in the bag for Newt Rotney as the Irish wind up on the fat end of a 60 to 20 score. Newt Rotney, boulder of
1: great teams and of men.
6: I don't think Notre Dame created Myth and lore in American sports. I think the sports writing emphasize and amplify the lore of these athletes. Bringing your team to New York City it's where all the media is. Every story is going to flow out of what's going on in the
4: Big Apple. There's a coach, Newt Rockney played the media of the day unbelievably well i mean he charmed everybody and he cultivated relationships with sports writers from the east and everyone else
1: notre dame has a fine line this year and some very good backs including swats one of the best hatbacks in america
9: granlin rice was the first great american sports writer and one of his first stories is iconic in notre dame's history George Strickler was Rockney's student assistant that dealt with the press, and he was positioned in the press box, and he schmoozed the writers, he made sure they got what they needed. Well, the week that Notre Dame played Army, Rudolph Valentino was in a movie, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and he mentioned in the press box that he had seen the movie, talked about it, and Grantland Rice heard it. He watches Notre Dame take apart Army with the four players in the backfield. Rice just put two and two together, and he writes his famous lead.
1: Outlined against the blue-gray sky, he wrote, the Four Horsemen rode again. In dramatic lore, they were known as famine, pestilence, destruction, and death. These are only aliases. Their real names are Stuhldreyer, Miller, Crowley, and Layden.
6: The iconic Four Horsemen photo was a publicity photo. We're almost 100 years later, and we're still talking about it.
3: That was a big thing that made Notre Dame special was that these writers could god these guys up, could inflate them. Rodney's first great player at Notre
9: Dame was George Gipp, 1920, All-American, just a tremendous back.
1: Two, three, Gipp, one. Come on. ah, come on, one.
9: He dies tragically at the end of the 1920 season and it haunts Rockne.
0: The boys from Notre Dame were the underdogs fighting with their backs to the wall. Army's great backfield tore the Irish line to shreds.
9: Eight years later, they're playing Army. It was zero to zero, and it was a defensive battle.
8: And that's when Newt Rockne brought out win one for the Gipper. He
0: told them of the request George Gipp had made eight years before on his deathbed. When the brakes are hurting the boys, Gipp had said, tell them to go out there and win one for the Gipper.
9: Notre Dame comes back and wins in the second half. We have a legend.
0: A forward pass to a lad named O'Brien. O'Brien carried the ball over the goal line. A game won for the Gipper.
6: Rockney's ability to create myths and strong narrative stories about his players continues to grow.
8: Fight, 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 fight. What do you say, man?
6: It's almost Hollywood-like. So naturally, it would attract Hollywood to come look at these superstars that are being written about in the sports pages. And the win One for the gipper speech gets captured in the film Newt Rockney, All-American. The Gipper, of course, is played by future president, Ronald Reagan. You
1: wouldn't get a uniform. report to the scrubs. Why? Because I think you'd make a football player. I doubt it. Try it anyway. All right, if you insist. Now, wait a minute. What's your name? Kip. George Kip.
12: Because of the aura surrounding Notre Dame, that allowed them to now have this rise in this great mythology.
1: Rock, someday when the team's up against it, ask them to go in there with all they've got win just one for the Kipper.
12: These have become legendary tales to where win one for the Gipper is now commonly accepted as something that happened, whether or not it did. And the same thing goes for Rudy. Anytime we're talking about a famous walk-on having a moment, it's a Rudy moment.
8: Rudy ready,
2: I've been ready for this my whole life. Can you take us out on the feet?
12: Because it was fictionalized into a movie, And Notre Dame's brand allowed a story like Rudy to be taken to the movies, and now nobody can go and talk about college football without referencing those two movies.
1: Undefeated Notre Dame, this year, the most talked about collegiate powerhouse in the country, risks its number one ranking and chances for a national championship against Southern California at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum.
8: Back in the 1960s and 1970s, Lindsey Nelson would do these highlight shows on Sunday mornings about Notre Dame.
1: John Hewitt passes to All-American Jack Snow for 23 yards.
8: And I
3: remember they were cut down versions of the full games.
1: His pass is complete to Jack Snow in the end zone and Notre Dame goes ahead 10 to nothing.
7: Notre Dame is up 27-6. Opportunity for Purdue to make a play.
1: I mean, we used to lay there and watch that. Hewitt works the option play with Bill Walski going in for the touchdown.
8: Every Catholic kid in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, California wanted to go to Notre Dame because Notre Dame was on TV.
1: 80,000 fans fill Spartan Stadium, East Lansing, for the game of the century.
6: When you look historically in a time before a fully realized national media, the most overserved portion of the population, they all love Notre Dame. <laughs> And so that's why you see Notre Dame in a lot of games of the century. And they had an entire religious institution behind them to build fandom. Pretty good business model.
0: Listen to this sound as they come out of the tunnel.
8: Number one, we have great national interest. Number two, we always played very, very difficult schedule. For example, if you're 10-0 and, and Southern Cal's 10-0 last game of the year, it has a lot of natural interest.
1: the sidelines, and he's going to score. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Hype
3: creates games of the century. Not away.
10: Sean Wooden. Notre Dame wins. And Notre Dame always had the hype going.
0: This is Notre Dame Saturday.
6: The Notre Dame football deal with NBC to air their games in 1991 is a genius deal really for both parties. When you look at NBC's buy-in to Saturdays in college football, What do you want first?
8: Uh, give me the good news.
6: It's minimal compared to what CBS, what Fox, and what ABC pay, because they're getting one team with that loyal following.
11: NBC is proud to begin its exclusive coverage of the Irish home games for the next five years.
3: When they got the TV deal, people thought this is gonna be such a huge recruiting advantage. The Notre Dame can't be stopped. They had just won a championship in 88. They were contending every year. I think people who are Notre Dame haters got very concerned. How in the world are we gonna compete with this?
1: Wide open receiver, touchdown, Notre Dame.
5: The Irish will play very well for the next few years too. Already 12 of the top 100 high school football players have committed to play at Notre Dame.
3: The truth was that although it boosted recruiting, in some ways, it never proved to be the huge advantage that people thought it was. Holtz had it going, but that kind of sustained excellence didn't really last throughout the 90s. And the fact is, Notre Dame has not won a national championship in the era of that exclusive network TV contract.
0: Throws it down the middle it is intercepted by Tank Williams, and that'll do it.
10: A lot of people caught up with Notre Dame
6: in the modern age. So many concepts in college football have caught up with things that they either popularized or perfected. And so Notre Dame's outsized
3: representation in the sport isn't really as strong anymore. And now TV money has spread lots of places, and although Notre Dame is swimming in cash, so are a lot of other teams in conferences like the SEC.
9: Schools and conferences have caught up with Notre Dame in a lot of ways in terms of being a national presence, but the one thing that never changes is how big a story gets when Notre Dame's in the middle of it.
6: Woody, fires, intercepted, picked off by Manti Teo, his seventh interception of this season.
12: Sometimes all the media attention on Notre Dame backfires, and the perfect most recent example is Manti Teo and the story of the catfishing.
2: Notre Dame linebacker Manti Teo received word that his grandmother had died at the age of 72. Within hours of hearing that news, Teo would say that he learned that his 22-year-old girlfriend had also died.
3: Could you tell us about your girlfriend?
0: Possibly the most beautiful girl I've ever met.
2: But as
10: first reported by Deadspin.com on Wednesday, Lene Kakua had never existed.
11: There is no record of her death, no obituaries, and no funeral announcements. In fact, aside from a fake Twitter account, there is no record of her at all. This story, (sighs) this story. It's holy.
12: I feel somebody's very disturbed and I'm not sure who. He ended up becoming the subject of ridicule, and so did Notre Dame. Because of who Notre Dame is, what they stand for. I'm not sure that the Manti Teo story becomes as big as it does if it happens at a school like UCF. But because it happened at Notre Dame, it became a huge scandal.
0: You had an offer to make several sports movies at a large salary. You flew west over Kansas, the plane vanished. It was found on a Kansas hillside, a mass of wreckage.
9: When Rockne died in a plane crash in March of 1931, it was really the first American celebrity death.
2: That was a national story, and it spreads everywhere on the wires overnight. Mute Rockne is dead. From every part of the country,
1: his boys return to pay tribute. And it was just a great
9: illustration of how much people around the country cared about Notre Dame.
2: What he meant to so many Americans cannot be underestimated. He
6: was the rock of Notre Dame. And now there's a particular standard at the University of Notre Dame because of that foundational element that went on with Rockne and all that winning.
1: Oh, too high, Metzger, too high. And you didn't get that man out there, Leahy. Get your head on the inside of him, Frank.
6: That
9: standard started with Rockney and it continued with Frank Leahy. You can long line
1: of
0: symmetry,
1: Leahy, So he can't come through for the secondary. You go right through for the secondary right away.
9: Where? Notre Dame was Leahy's school. He felt a debt to Rockney, and I think that bond to the university and to Rockney and to Rockney's legacy propelled Leahy throughout his career at Notre Dame.
1: Coach Frank Leahy puts Notre Dame through its faces.
9: Frank Leahy was a taskmaster in terms of the work that his players put in. During spring practice, he would only go home three nights a week. He had a large family.
1: And they're getting right down to business. No heat wave can stop them.
9: And yet, he was so focused on Notre Dame and the effort he thought the job took that he spent all his time there, and he demanded no less of his players.
1: Notre Dame's Jerry Cowick puts the Irish in scoring position with this 21-yard sprint.
9: To give you an idea of how dominant Notre Dame was under Leahy, Seven starters on the 1947 team are in the College Football Hall of Fame. And in fact, from 46 to 49, not only did they never lose, they were almost never behind.
1: Lou Jack fading back to throw one. Johnny Pitches and it's up and he is it the 35. Leon Hart takes it, he's on the board, he stays on his feet, he's driven out of bounds.
9: But during the 1949 season, Father Theodore Hesburgh finds out that Leahy just ignores Notre Dame's rules about how many scholarship players he can have. So Hesburgh limits the number of players Leahy can sign.
4: He worried about the possibility that Notre Dame would have this reputation as a football factory, so he intentionally tried to tamper down the emphasis on football.
9: Leahy was able to recruit just about every great Catholic high school player in the country, and that allowed Notre Dame to dominate throughout the 40s. But when Father Hesburgh came in and cracked down, that advantage slipped away. Given Leahy's desire to succeed, it really gnawed on him. It made him physically ill. He had stress issues
10: that endangered his life. So October of 53, at Georgia Tech, Frank Leahy collapses in the locker room. People thought he was gonna die. He winds up surviving, but it turns out a lot of this was driven by the stress that he had put on himself. There was just this level of perfectionism. I mean, you win that many games over a course of a short period of time, and then you're expected to keep that up. Age 45,
1: Leahy retires. Coach Frank Leahy resigns his gridiron post, one of the winningest of fighting Irish leaders, second only to the immortal Newt Rockne.
10: That's a burden that was unique to Notre Dame for a long time, because the expectations and the level of expectation for that job were just bigger than anything else in college football. The Irish changed a lot in four years.
1: Frank Leahy, Notre Dame's elder statesman of the gridiron, stepped down, and Notre Dame did slip in the national rankings. In 56, Oklahoma crushed the Irish 40 to nothing.
4: After Frank Leahy, Notre Dame went through a decade or so of weak teams, and then Eric Persigan comes along. This was my coach in the 60s, and he revitalized all the Notre Dame traditions, mainly because Notre Dame still had the cachet. It still had the national reputation. Unfortunately, Notre Dame had not enjoyed
7: a winning season in the five previous years, so that when I arrived on campus, my objective was to try to turn it around if I possibly could.
9: Eric Parsegan was a terrific talent evaluator. When he came in, he moved about half the team to different positions. The most effective change he made was with a senior quarterback named John Hewitt, who couldn't move all that well, but he had a really accurate
1: arm. Wide open, exciting football is what the Irish are showing against Wisconsin today, in Era Parsegian's debut. And so he pulls Hewitt from the bottom
9: of the depth chart to the top, installs him as the starting quarterback, and the Irish take off
7: final outcome of winning it set the pace and got us started right and brought a renewed interest that we could win at the University of Notre Dame
4: again.
9: And it's week after week, one success after the other. It was clear
1: he had the Irish on the right track. Coach again throws an awesome ground game at Southern Cal. Again and again, pullback Larry Conjar blasts the big Trojan
8: defense.
4: Every team has a breaking point, Era used to tell us, except we don't. One of Ayra's favorite strategies was to come out for the first series of the second half and get the ball, march down the field without throwing a pass, and score. He would tell us, if you can do that, you can break a
9: team's back. The outcome of the 1966 season is a great example of the power of the Notre Dame brand. Air Parsegan and Notre Dame are undefeated with a tie. Michigan State, undefeated with a tie. Alabama's undefeated and untied.
1: The mighty Irish stay unbeaten with a 51-0 route of USC for that team's worst defeat in history. Notre Dame, highest scoring team in the nation, with a record of nine victories, six of them via the shutout route, is proud national champion, climaxing our Parsigian's best year at South Bend, Indiana.
4: The fact that you have a Notre Dame team with that brand equity built up, when a push came to shove, ultimately they were gonna win the national championship.
9: In the years after the 1966 national championship, Notre Dame was good, but they weren't at the top of college football. And then comes 1973. The Sugar Bowl. it was a muggy night in New Orleans. Notre Dame versus Alabama all came down to the final minute with Notre Dame leading by one
1: point. Tim Rudnick in single safety. And he does, and maybe the a M is soaking the kicker.
10: And I never will forget, I was nine years old. Notre Dame was backed up, thanks to a great punt, to their one-yard line. Tom Clements reverts into the end zone and makes maybe the best third and eight call in history.
1: Clements. Coming out is a pass, and he's got his man.
10: First down, they run out the clock, and they beat Alabama.
1: Three seconds left on the clock. And that's it. Notre Dame. The great name in football is now the national champion by one point. It gives me great pleasure to present our winning trophy to Coach of Notre Dame. Coach
9: one year after that 1973 national championship, Parsegan was done. I mean, this was a guy who pushed himself so hard. And, you know, where have we heard that before? Notre Dame, right? Frank Leahy, the same way. Parsegan was exhausted.
4: ERA Parsegan, 50 years old. If you look at Frank Leahy and ERA, you had immediate success. You sustained success. It's the pressure of Notre Dame that came with that job and being the face of that program and trying to live up with what Newt Rockney built up and then era with what Newt and Frank built up as well. My intentions uh, for the
7: 1975 year are not to coach at the collegiate level or the professional level. Father
9: Hesburgh was all up in the business of the athletic department, the football team, and there is a point where, as a head football coach, you're thinking, I won a couple of championships, Got guy's won Heismans, why are you making this more difficult for me? When he's coaching against Bear Bryant and he's coaching against legendary coaches and he doesn't see the same roadblocks for them that he sees for himself, why are you gonna put up with that? It just all became too much for him and he was done. Never sniffed coaching again.
1: Success is an instant and Notre Dame, and the coach here works under a great many obstacles.
4: Since Hesburgh's time, Notre Dame has struggled with how to become a truly great university and have a first-rate football program. And the, the two are not irreconcilable, but they are not entirely compatible.
12: When you come in there, you know the number one thing as a head coach that's gonna happen is you're gonna be judged against the success of all the other coaches that came before you.
3: Is your prime concern in this Miami game to, to, to keep the kid's mind on the game and not to look ahead to the Cotton Bowl?
8: My prime concern is a very well coached talented Miami team that uh, perfectly capable of defeating Notre Dame.
9: Dan Devine won a national championship in 1977, but he wasn't Parsegan who was an engaging guy. And the Notre Dame people didn't like him. And Father Hesburgh makes this radical decision, and he hires the most successful high school coach in the country. And Jerry Faust quickly proves he's overmatched.
5: Coach Jerry Faust turned in his resignation this week. In his five years as coach, Faust was not a loser, but Newt Rockne, he wasn't. It's
7: been a great five years, and I've enjoyed enjoyed it immensely.
12: Fans and alumni gave Faust high marks for being honest and a good guy, but they've been frustrated.
8: Were you kind of hoping that he'd leave? No. No. I was hoping that he would win.
9: It was a long time before Lou Holtz came in there.
8: From the time I grew up, I loved this goal. I heard about it. I read about it.
1: Notre Dame, the toughest coaching job in America, and the fighting Irish have picked repairman Lou Holtz to lead them away from last year's losing season. I want you in here and coming out of it.
11: He pushed us to be the best players that we could possibly be. And he did it in the weirdest of ways. He called the practice, brought everybody together, and he said, There's a guy who's going to cost us a national championship. He's going to cause us to lose, and he thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. And everybody's looking around like, Who is this guy that's going to cost us a national championship? And he said, Jerome Bettis, will you stand up? And I I, I froze. But he inspired me because that practice was the hardest practice I had ever had and it changed my work ethic. That day I became a better football player as a result of his very different motivational style and after the practice I'm walking by myself because nobody wanted to be around me and he drives up he says how was practice and I was like oh it was it was the worst he said just wanted to motivate you. Off the field he's very cool but on the field You know, he's going to get it out of you no matter what. He's tough. (laughs) Oh, he's rugged. He's tough. And that's what I like about him.
7: The most recent era in which they've been great, which was under Lou Holtz in the 80s, they basically had to loosen up the academic standards there to become great. Tony Rice was a Prop 48. The
1: option, the option, and now Rice to throw and has a man wide open, the tight end, Derek Brown.
9: The NCAA had begun to institute minimum academic eligibility requirements. You had to leave high school with a certain number of core courses. And if you didn't have those core courses, then you had to sit out your freshman year. You were known as a Prop 48 kid.
3: And
10: Rice's first pass attempt.
9: When Notre Dame recruited Tony Rice as a Prop 48 quarterback, that was a big deal. That was not the way Notre Dame usually operated but they gave Lou Holtz a little more wiggle room than we were used to seeing Notre Dame have.
1: And third and long, Rice. To Ismail for a touchdown.
9: And Tony Rice not only prospered on the field, but he graduated.
1: And Notre Dame will duly celebrate a national championship. No doubt, the Irish are number one.
9: The Notre Dame job wore on Lou Holtz. The pressure of the national spotlight, it's the pressure of trying to win when the university community has their academic standards that he's got to adhere to. Touchdown, Notre Dame. The demands of a national championship, he had given them one in 1988. He came close in
1: 1993. 41-yard attempt to win the game and end the Irish national championship hopes. By
9: 1996, he was worn out.
8: I want to tell you, at the University of Notre Dame, being on national TV every week is not the easiest thing because it provides a great motivating factor to the other people. I'm talking to the he told me this. He said, Notre Dame's different than any other place you've ever been. The expectations of people are unreasonable. But he said, once you win the national championship, he said, you'll find out what it's really like to coach at Notre Dame. And he's absolutely right. Once you win, the, the story is going to the top. Then from that point on, the only story is tearing you down. Today I announced my resignation as head football coach at the University of Notre Dame, effective at the end of the 1996 season. Nobody said, hey, you need to win this game or anything. But it's just the feeling there. It's the self-pressure you put on yourself as much as anything else.
10: When you work at a place where Newt Rockney was or Frank Leahy, I mean, there's just some legendary figures. You had guys who couldn't handle everything that went with being the head coach at Notre Dame, where you gotta be this banquet speaker and you gotta be camera ready all the time. If you're there for five years, it probably feels like 15. Coach
3: Bob Davey and his coaching staff seeking a victory to end a string of three tough losses. In my view, Tyrone Willingham's not in any kind of trouble, but you hear rumblings
1: yeah. in the Midwest.
10: Charlie Weiss goes in there, and the best thing Charlie Weiss probably ever did was he almost beat USC.
1: Liner gonna try to sneak it ahead. He got in. Touchdown, SC!
10: And over on the Notre Dame sideline, wow, what a tough way to lose. The Weiss watch is finally over. Charlie Weiss out as Notre Dame's head football coach after five seasons. A 35-27 and record with one bowl win. Not good enough for one of the traditional powers in the game. Of all the fan bases, I think Notre Dame's just the most delusional. I mean, how many coaches do you need to see struggle to realize maybe it's harder to win there? I am so honored to be the head football coach here at Notre Dame. There's a football coach,
6: and then there's the football coach at Notre Dame.
0: Brian Kelly, who has
6: done an absolutely remarkable job with the Fighting Irish.
7: When you sign that contract now at Notre Dame, you know exactly what you're getting into. I have to recruit players of a certain academic level, and I have to be in the conversation for a national championship on a somewhat consistent level.
6: And the Fighting Irish have finished an undefeated regular season.
12: The last coach to win a national championship at Notre Dame was Lou Holtz. And don't think that doesn't come up every single season, even now that we're into the Brian Kelly era. McCarron fires in zone,
0: touchdown, Bama. Oh my, what a roadkill.
6: And they continue to just embarrass this Notre Dame defense.
12: There's questions about Brian Kelly. He's had opportunities to win national championships, two of them. Down
1: the seam, open
12: man, Ross again, touchdown. And in both instances, Notre Dame got embarrassed.
1: I'm
6: surprised. I thought they would be much more competitive than they were today.
12: And a lot of that falls on Brian Kelly. So the question about Brian Kelly is, can he get it done? But the question moving forward is, can any coach get it done? Can any coach measure up to the legacy of all those coaches that came before them who won national championships. What's unfair about the comparison is that college football today is so different than it was back in the 1920s, 1930s when Notre Dame was rising up. There are now 129 college football programs playing on the FBS level. The recruiting base has shifted away from Notre Dame's region into the south, into Texas, into California, and the money has changed. There are now programs in the SEC that are making upwards of $40 million a year in revenue. So as the game has changed and as the game has shifted, it has become much more difficult for Notre Dame to win national championships. But of course, those facts don't matter when we're talking about the head coach who's being judged against whether he can win a championship or not.
8: Sure, tell luck, who aren't. Sure, tell who aren't to Notre Dame. Yes, I think I contribute a lot of the hate because of the way I would say different things. I see an individual and they say it went to the University of Michigan, I say oh you couldn't get into Notre Dame, huh?
0: You know, I was recruited by Notre Dame. Hey, I make
1: plays. That's all, all... You
0: Now I remember walking around with the other recruits and uh, remember I was humming the Michigan fight song. Like, that's what I remember about Notre Dame. I don't know if it's anything that I particularly despised about them at the time, but when I find myself humming the Michigan fight song, I knew, I'm not going there. The mark of greatness is not just
9: how many people love you, how many people hate you, because they're just sick of hearing about you. They're sick of seeing you be successful, and Notre Dame is the greatest example of that in college football history.
12: As somebody who grew up in South Florida in the 1980s, as somebody who is a Miami fan, you are taught right away that you're gonna hate Notre Dame. I had a chance to go and see Notre Dame play Miami in the Orange Bowl. And all I was there to do was not so much cheer for Miami, but boo Notre Dame.
11: People think that Notre Dame thinks they're too good. Smart guys and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, you got guys who just hate that. They hate the fact that I went to Penn State. Penn State is an incredible academic university. You know, I, I went to, uh, you know, even Oklahoma. All these, you know, have great academic reputations. But when you say Notre Dame athlete, everybody's like, oh, my God, he must be must be a very smart. <laughs> and you just don't get that from other colleges, man. And people hate it. In 2017,
9: Forbes made its list of the best academic universities that play major college football. Notre Dame was 11th.
1: McCaffrey, he's going to score!
9: We've seen Stanford compete for a national championship title. Texas, one of the great public universities, has won a national championship since Notre Dame did. College football in general is a lot more comfortable with academic achievement than it ever has
1: been. Stripe wide open against the zone defense. Gallin breaks a tackle, comes free, heads in zone, forget about it.
10: You know, old SI columnists made the case Notre Dame's not nationally relevant. Notre Dame is absolutely relevant. Even if they're having a down year, they're relevant because people want to watch. Fans in the South, fans everywhere. They may want to watch because they root for Notre Dame, or they want to see Notre Dame lose badly. Sharply pulls
6: away,
1: hands it to Travis Thomas, runs it right side, he'll be stopped, and so will
10: I don't think that you could take a school like University of Washington or even Georgia and people don't get that worked up about it. They want to see Notre Dame lose badly if they hate Notre Dame.
6: What kind of schedule is Notre Dame getting away with? You might be saying,
5: well, Dan, Notre Dame is an independent team. The perception from the outside is that they're above the rules of college football. They don't have to play the way everybody else does. They don't play a conference championship game.
1: They're not going to catch them.
5: And they get their spot without being in a conference. And it drives people bananas, and Notre Dame fans love it. And here come the pinstripe Irish.
12: Being independent has not hurt Notre Dame yet. And the reason I say that is because Notre Dame got to play in a national championship game in the BCS against Alabama, and they made the college football playoff in 2018.
10: Notre Dame, the first independent team to make the playoff.
12: Those are two instances where they were not affiliated with a conference, didn't have to play a conference championship game, and yet managed to either finish in the top two or the top four.
6: Notre Dame should be banned from college football. You want to prove yourself? Join a conference.
8: We could go to California, compete with Southern Cal, go to Texas. That's why we will not become part of a conference, because then you become regional. However, we had to have a place for the non-revenue sports to compete for the championship. Uh, Whether it be in tennis or track or golf, that's why they had to have an identity with the ACC.
1: Notre Dame has agreed to make a commitment to the Atlantic Coast Conference. They're just not getting fully married. I think unquestionably, in a host
3: of sports, Uh, this is the best athletic conference in the country and we will only make it better in that regard.
1: Williams turns the corner and look out! Dexter Williams in a foot race! Can they run him down?
9: No! The importance of independence to Notre Dame was the deal they made with the ACC. That's a great illustration. Do we need that stability in a world where it's really hard to be an independent? Yes. So they play half an ACC schedule.
7: And Jones, a letter room. Tony Jones makes a cut, gets a block, and scores! Is that the play that will seal the playoff bid for Fighting Irish? 12-0 barely got him into the playoffs, so there's no accomplishment. Now we got to go accomplish something. They have to be damn near perfect or right there every single year to be in the conversation for a national championship. We'll talk about pressure. That's pressure. Not to say that the other big schools' coaches aren't in the same thing, but they also have. live well, a conference championship as well, and you could hold on to that. For Notre Dame, they don't have that. It's national champ or, or or bust.
3: Hard to imagine a 12-0 Notre Dame team getting jumped by a couple of one-loss teams. No. Nothing weirder has happened in the playoff era yet.
7: It will be better for Notre Dame to join a conference if they ever go undefeated and don't make it into a Final Four. That will be a note to Notre Dame that says, OK, we've done all we can and we still can't get to the top of the only thing we need to get to the top to. All we have is a national championship. We've won every game and we're not even in the running for it. If that were to happen, I think Notre Dame would have to think long and hard and say, okay. We've hit that tipping point to where we need to join a conference. We're the best football team in the United States.
5: They have to keep winning. They have to keep winning. At a certain point, history becomes history. Touchdown Jesus can't help you anymore.
6: Will they be at the mountaintop? I would say they could. Am I banking on it? Are we gonna have Frank Leahy? Are we gonna have Lou Holtz
5: again? I don't know. The entire sport is better when the Blue Buds are at their best.
1: Montana, going long.
5: And Notre Dame is one of those Blue Buds.
1: This age, touchdown.
5: Notre Dame sparks passion and energy across all fan bases. There's no question in my mind that college football is better when Notre Dame is better.